I read recently called 2017 the year of the lie. That makes our president untrustworthy, which in turn makes our country untrustworthy. And on a world stage where we are perhaps no longer a, uh, the dominant power, but certainly among the dominant powers now, I think it does us all a disservice. I think that things are going to get hot or hotter with Mueller and Trump is going to get more and more worried and there's going to be some kind of a showdown there where Trump is going to try and get him out of there and uh, we're going to we're going to see a, a real kind of a constitutional showdown that could go right up to the Supreme Court. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Lawyer to Lawyer, with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosi, bringing you the latest legal news and observations with the leading experts in the legal profession. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams coming to you from Southern California. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court and have out a Christmas book for children called The Sled. Wait a minute. You have a Christmas book for children. I never heard about this, but I wrote it for my grandchildren. Craig. Good for you. Good yeah, for you. got published. Good for you. And, uh, and I'm Bob Ambrosi out of Massachusetts where I do not write children's books, but I do write a blog called Law Sites and also co-host another Legal Talk Network program called Law Technology Now, along with Monica Bay. And Bob, before we introduce today's topic, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Clio and Latera. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. You can try it for free at Clio.com. That's C-L-I-O dot And Latera, the authority on document creation, collaboration, and control. Increase your productivity, collaborate securely, and ensure protection of your vital information. Learn more at www.letera.com. Well, Craig, the uh, it's been quite a year with the Mueller investigation, sexual misconduct allegations, the Take a Knee movement, DACA censorship, hate speech, the Equifax breach, devastation of Hurricanes Irma and Maria, and any number of legal stories. Uh, thanks to President Trump, I think he gave us fodder for any number of shows this past year, but. Uh, this past year has been anything but boring, for sure. Yeah, no kidding. But today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to take a look at the year in review. We're going to reach into our mailbag and collect some questions from our audience and colleagues. And in addition, talk about the show, the law, and, oh my God, even us. <laughs> that we're going to do. And I guess we're going to slightly be interviewed here because to help us ask questions from our mailbag, we have our longtime producer of Lawyer to Lawyer, Kate Nutting, joining us. Kate, welcome to the show. Absolute thrill to be here with you guys. Is this the first time you've actually been on the show as a It's true. I've been kind of pushed off for years. I'm the woman behind the curtain, I, I guess you say. So. Except we hear you on the commercials. Yes. Yeah, it's like my voice from 2005, but, you know, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> You've been producing our show for how long? What year did you start? Uh, I started uh, with Luann Reeb uh, back in 2005, and um, I think up till about 2000, mm, my goodness, 2012 maybe? I, I can't even remember. And then uh, I came back sure. just a couple years back. ago. So love it. So almost as long as we've been doing the show. Yes, and... Um, 
I want to take this time to thank you two, along with our fabulous staff, just for years and years of fun. You guys are so interesting. You're great interviewers. I've learned so much from you, both of you, uh, about the law, about life. <laughs> um, so I just want to start off the show by saying that and uh, just to extend my gratitude to both of you. Well, I think we can just stop right there. Call it a wrap. <laughs> Good show, everybody. Yeah. See you we, next time. It's almost like Howard Stern having Kate on the show for the first time. There you go. There you go. Like Howard Stern. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll try and figure that one out. <laughs> but actually, Kate, hey, let me just say the same about you, because what our listeners don't know, or some of them have started to figure it out, is that is that you do all the work. Craig and I just show up, but you do all the work in terms of lining up the guests and getting the shows all lined up and helping us pin down the topics and everything else. And uh, it's a lot of work. So it's surprisingly a lot of work. And you do a great job. So I really appreciate everything you've done for us. Oh, you guys are too kind. And we have a great staff. And uh, Adam Cameras, we have Lawrence Coletti, Adam Lockwood, Kelsey Johnson, Samantha Cole. Uh, we have a big staff and they're all amazing. So we're uh, today, I get to interview you, which is the fun part. So does that mean we have to turn the mic over to you now, Kate? Yes, you're going to right now. And what we did is we gathered uh, some questions from colleagues, co-hosts, friends, and came up with a list of questions. And I'm going to start it off. Um, I'm just glad to know we have friends. You do have friends, and, and they adore and they adore you, and they love what you do. So, <laughs> hey, it's good to have friends in the law. So, yeah. I'm going to start my first question, and let's start with Craig on this one. Our first question is from Law Technology Now host Monica Bay. Uh, Monica actually wrote a piece titled "The Weinstein Effect." Um, Weinstein, the power of the sun. Her question is, with the astounding number of women who are standing up to sexual molesters, usually high-level men, how will this change the legal community? Will we finally see equal pay and opportunities for women and other people who are not white, straight men? Craig, you take that question. Well, it's, you know, it's an embarrassment, I think, to the legal industry that we are so far behind the rest of the country, and we're the ones fighting for the rest of the country to uh, equalize things. Was it, Bob, you said that uh, something like eight in a thousand partners in Boston are African-American? Is that an accurate? It was roughly like that. Yeah, I was actually just trying to remember that number myself. But yeah, about that. So I think we're behind on the civil rights as if it didn't even occur in many cases. And it's I think it's a terrible embarrassment to the legal industry that we are so far behind. I don't know that women are ever going to catch up. Um, not in my lifetime. I hate to be pessimistic about it, but we're so far behind, I don't see it catching up. Bob, what are your thoughts on that? I Unfortunately, I kind of share Craig's pessimism about this. You know, I think that, you know, I've, I've heard people say we're at a moment with regard to sexual harassment in the workplace and, and perhaps gender equality in the workplace. And it's clearly much more than a moment. There's, we're clearly at a point where there's really dramatic uh, change, I think, going on. You know, I think that one thing that's clear is that women, whether in the law or really in any job, are going to be less likely to put up with sexual harassment, more likely to out it when it happens. But does that mean we're also going to suddenly achieve, you know, broader equality in pay and opportunities for women in the legal profession? I really worry that uh, that's not going to happen. Law firms have been just really, really slow to change. Uh, 
when President Obama was elected president, I started, you know, getting excited and thinking we were finally seeing the end of racism in this country. And uh, turned out right. that sure wasn't the case. So I think this is a, a major, major moment for women's rights and equality in the workplace, but it's not like everything is going to change overnight. It's going to be many years to come. Gotcha. Now, um, Dennis Kennedy is a friend of all of ours here, co-host of the Kennedy Ma Report. His question to the both of you was, what podcast or podcast would you recommend that new listeners start with and longtime listeners go back and give a re-listen? Bob, let's start with you. And I'm assuming he just means in general. I mean, he's not talking about our podcast, but just in general. I mean, I think if you've never listened to a podcast before, the best way to get introduced to the medium is to go back and listen to the serial podcast from 2014, which was the uh, series uh, that sort of tracked the accusations against, well, somebody who was in fact convicted of a murder and kind of retract whether that conviction was was fair and appropriate. Or another one uh, from a little bit more recently called S-Town, S standing for shit, for shit town. (laughs) But both of those podcasts were just really great examples of what this medium can be, I think. Uh, You know, in legal, if you're just starting in legal, any of the Legal Talk Network programs, uh, of course, I would recommend. Uh, Another uh, really good one just started its second season is called More Perfect from the Mm -hmm. producers of Radiolab, WNYC. And uh, I know uh, a lot of people know Ellie Mistal from uh, Above the Law is one of the uh, contributing editors to that podcast and do a great job of kind of taking the radio lab uh, approach to a show, if you ever heard that on, on NPR, and, and applying it to Supreme Court cases. And really interesting show. Right. Craig, what would you recommend? I would suggest your weekly constitutional. I think that the country is really lacking in its understanding of the United States Constitution. I see, I see it expressed on social media incorrectly all the time, and it seems like I've kind of become a little miniature con law professor uh, to some degree. But I, I really enjoy your weekly constitutional. It's put out from Montpelier Foundation, and uh, they do a great job. I highly recommend it. This question is from Victor Lee, host of the ABA's Legal Rebels podcast. Based on the lawyers and law professionals you've spoken to, how do they feel about the proposed tax reform package? Well, I'll go first with that one. I think that the general perspective on the tax is that it's a great benefit to corporations and a great benefit to uh, wealthier individuals. And despite what appears to be the promises of uh, the GOP, the GAO uh, says it's going to affect the middle class more than anything else. And I I tend to believe them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I can't say I've actually talked to all that many lawyers about it. And I certainly have not read through, uh, what is it, a thousand pages of of the legislation. As I wonder how many of our representatives in DC have actually read it all themselves who are voting right. on it. But you know, I mean, I exactly what, what Craig just said. I mean, this, it, this is exactly what I would have expected from a Republican administration. It's a bill that's going to accelerate income inequality, benefiting the wealthiest people in the country and penalizing middle and lower income people, uh, ultimately, uh, you know, raising taxes on the poor and cutting taxes on the rich. So, this particular lawyer uh, isn't too happy about it. Uh, I guess, you know, from what I've kind of seen on social media, I'm not really seeing too many fans of this bill. I, it's surprising to me that the Republicans are making this such a core of their platform when, uh, uh, you know, if, if they have any hopes of uh, winning re-election. And the Republicans themselves have generally pointed out that the 
tax plan provides a 15% cut to top income earners. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that we're not going to decrease our spending. So that 15%'s got to be absorbed by somebody else. And there's only a limited amount of people that are left that will be absorbing that cut. Yeah. Right. Well, and it will require cuts in federal spending as well. I mean, that's what the analysis seems to be saying uh, that that's another problem with this bill is that uh, federal programs are going to have to be cut. And uh, which program is going to get cut? We'll have to wait and see. This next one, uh, gentlemen, is from our old friend, not Nate, just uh, Luann Reeve, one of our good friends here. Uh, she's the owner of Boston Media Group and the founder of Legal Talk Network. She has a great question for the two of you. And we'll start with Craig. What has made Lawyer to Lawyer such a success for 12 years? Besides, of course, two stellar, smart, and charming lawyers as co-hosts. Well, beyond that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, 13 years. Has it been 13? It has been 13. I then, I, oh, I'm I, sorry. I, it is 13. Yeah. I can't keep track. Yeah, and yeah. I still say, I, I, as far as I can tell, we're the longest-running podcast on the internet. We're out there. I think in all honesty, it's the variety of the guests. It's the consistency of our production and really great questions by Bob. I mean, I'm kind of just sitting along for the ride here and listening. And (laughs) I I really do agree with you, Kate, that I learned some phenomenal things from Bob's questions, especially I'd even have to say, Bob, thank you because you've helped me sharpen my questioning of some of my witnesses and, and even in my depositions, because I think longer about the question that I'm asking uh, than I used to. And I, I really have enjoyed that aspect of of your personality and the way that you ask questions. Could really tell that you were a newspaper editor for a long time. Agreed. Well, f- yeah. Well, f- <laughs> well, thanks, Craig. I appreciate that. And of course, uh, right back at you in terms of acknowledging that, uh, you know, one of the fun things about doing this together has been that you often come at issues from such a different perspective than I do. And sometimes your questions take me off guard, let alone the guests off guard, uh, because they can really come at an issue from a whole different way. And uh, it's really interesting. But I think, you know, in terms of the the success of the show, and we've already That's a nice way of saying I ask really weird questions. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no, I, 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 what I mean is I, I really appreciate the fact that you bring a different perspective than I have. And I think that's you know, there are times uh, when I think uh, it's difficult having two people hosting a show, and then you'll come up with some question that I would never have thought to ask, and and you can just sometimes see some of the guests squirm a little <laughs> a little bit in their chairs uh, at the question, and and uh, you know I think that's a really powerful. Uh, technique. I think it really works well sometimes to have uh, kind of, you know, good cop, bad cop a little bit sometimes. But I just wanted to say that, and then, you know, of course, the great people at the Legal Talk Network, Kate's great production, all of that. But, you know, I think there's something to be said for also the professional production, which when we started out, there were certainly other podcasts 13 years ago, but there weren't all that many, but they tended to be kind of amateurish at that point. People, you know, sitting at home, uh, cobbling it together on their home computers. And I, I think the fact that we started out right from the beginning working with a professional audio production company and uh, you know have had that benefit all along uh, has kind of made us seem more more professional and more legitimate right from the start. And I'd have and, to uh, throw in a, a, a toss a tip of our hat to Scott Hess, who was Luann's partner in uh, the beginning Boston Media Group. And Scott's, you know, background at WBZ in Boston and as a network engineer and TV cameraman and helicopter repairman extraordinaire, (laughs) that guy really 
he was the one that was responsible for making sure that our microphones were top quality, that we had good recording equipment and good headphones and, you know, high-end stuff in our offices so that when we recorded this, it sounded really good. And the Legal Talk Network has kept that that standard up, and I think that has helped out significantly. I mean, even before the production, we're still doing sound checks. Uh, we're still yeah. testing levels. Yep. We're still talking to our engineers about, you know, I hear a slight buzz, and there's a constant attention to that kind of detail. And so as a consequence, I think we tend to shine when it comes to audio. There's just not a whole lot of garbage in the background, and it's great. Great answer, yep. Craig. Yep. I have one question before we go to break, guys. And uh, President Trump has basically been the focal point of many of our shows uh, this year. Um, his actions in office have created quite the dialogue. What do you think is the biggest Trump-centric topic to come out of the past year? I think uh, what he's done and what he continues to talk about doing regarding immigration. You know, there's been all sorts of there have been all sorts of crazy things uh, from my perspective that he's done this year, uh, but. Some of the decisions he's made have just really, really disrupted people's lives, broken up families, put fear into people all over this country needlessly. And uh, I think it's it's just really too bad. Craig, your thoughts? I'm going to say that it's the systemic issue of his perpetual sense of lying. Um, I think the New York Times hit it right squarely on the head that, you know, I think— they did a comparison between the number of lies that Obama told and the number of lies that President Trump has told, the frequency of the lie, the outrageousness of the lie, the self-centeredness and self-protectiveness of the lie, and just even the narcissist aspect of it. Somebody I read recently called 2017 the year of the lie. Um, and that, that makes our president untrustworthy, which in turn makes our country untrustworthy. And on a world stage where we are perhaps no longer a, uh, the dominant power, but certainly among the dominant powers now. I think it is, uh, it does us all a disservice. I think uh, it does President Trump a disservice and the government in the, in the entire country, and I wish it would stop. I, I can't figure out a way to, uh, to deal with it because you don't know what to trust and what not to trust. And when you can't trust your government, what's left? Very true. Well said. It's time for a short break, so please stay with us. We're going to be back to talk more about the year in review and to take some more questions from our listeners, so stay with us. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up at their website, clio.com, that's C-L-I-O.com, with the code L2L10, that's L2L, the number 10. Documents are the currency of business. They represent you in every business interaction. Executives need to know what changes have occurred in documents, what metadata risks exist, and how to encrypt, share, and collaborate securely. Patera simplifies the document creation and collaboration process to protect you from risk and loss of reputation. Patera offers better solutions for document lifecycle management so you can focus on doing what really matters. www.latera.com. And welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer. I'm Craig Williams and my co-host Bob Ambrosi. And with us as our 
guest's interviewer <laughs> is Kate Nutting. She is the producer for our Lawyer to Lawyer show podcast here on the Legal Talk Network. We've been taking a look back at the past year and highlighting some of our favorite shows and guests and legal topics. And Kate has been questioning us, so we're going to give it right back to her. It's all yours, Kate. <laughs> it's been fun so far. Okay, so we ask this question every year, but it's always just too good of a question. If someone were to play you in a movie, who would it be and why? Craig, let's start with you. Oh, I don't know. Uh, somebody to play me in a movie. Um Tom Hanks. He seems to be able to play everybody pretty good. <laughs> He's a great actor. You're right. He could, I just saw him in the Sully movie and he was amazing. Yeah. Well, for Bob, though, what would we do with Rock Hudson gone? <laughs> <laughs> I go for my, the, the, the actor who would play me in a movie is the big friendly giant. Because <laughs> one of my nieces said, you know, you look just like the big friendly giant. Oh. And it wasn't a compliment, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, uh, I'm, going, I'm going with BFG. All right. I love it. Last year, you were uh, John Slattery, Bob. What has changed? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'll go with John Slattery. <laughs> it's that silver hair thing. How about Anderson Cooper? But he's not an actor. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We also had a question from our mailbag, and this was going to be an audio call, but... Um, we discovered that our caller had a flip phone, so was unable to send us a voice memo. However, he Are has a fantastic. Tell us who this caller was? It's the editor. It is a host of one of the shows on the Legal Talk Network. He loves music. He's very witty. Jared. That's him. Jared has a flip phone. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's fascinating, but All I right. just discovered that today. However. Okay. He has a fantastic question for the both of you. It's probably his burner phone because he has to go. He has to go anonymous a lot. That's yeah, funny. maybe that's why. Maybe because he's such a celebrity. People, <laughs> he is. Um, he's okay. This is Jared's uh, question. My favorite song related to the law is Maxwell's Silver Hammer by the Beatles. What's yours? And please, nothing cheesy like "I fought the law and the law won" or "Lawyers, guns, and money." <laughs> Let's go deep on this one. Uh, all right. I was trying to come up with uh, something that is a little unusual, and uh, I've got two that I couldn't decide between, okay? <laughs> One is California Sex Lawyer by Fountains of Wayne. Nice. <laughs> I know that song. Have you heard that song? Uh, yes, great song. Yeah. And the other is an old one from... Uh, folk singer Tom Paxton called One Million Lawyers, in which he sort of paints this nightmare scenario of, of lawyers growing all across the country. The lyrics say, lawyers around every bend in the road, lawyers in every tree, lawyers in restaurants, lawyers in clubs, lawyers behind every door, behind windows and potted plants, shade trees and shrubs, lawyers on pogo sticks, lawyers in politics. In 10 years, we're going to have one million lawyers. How much can a poor nation stand? <laughs> it's past it now. It's about two Presh and a half prescient, million. prescient. Everything but the pogo sticks was prescient. But oh, amazing. And uh, Craig, what would be your choice? I'd have to go with Larry Savelle's uh, theme song for uh, Lawyer to Lawyer. Yes. And that, of course. Agreed. Agreed. And what's the quote about you, Craig? Something with uh, the most fun you can have while wearing a yeah, vest. While wearing Is that? a vest, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's it. Fantastic. <laughs> 
And Larry's an old friend of ours. He's fantastic, and his uh, holiday album comes out every year. So check that out if you're. Well, out he there. just came out with a new album, but it's not a holiday one this year. But it's, oh, um, yeah. So he's great, and he's been yep. fantastic to us. I'm uh, moving on, just uh, rapid fire as we approach the end of the show. But we've had so many guests from this whole year. Can you think of a your favorite guest of the year? Is that a difficult question, or? Uh, I I can think about it. Okay. I have two on this one also. Early in the year, we had on uh, Jim Sandman and Linda Klein, the president of the Legal Services Corporation, and mm-hmm. the then uh, president of the American Bar Association. Uh, and uh, I, I just have so much respect for everything both of them have done around the issue of enhancing access to justice in, in this country. Uh, and uh, so I was just really kind of honored to have them on and uh, enjoyed talking to them and uh you know, what would put them up high. I also was very impressed. We did the uh, show on uh, Trump's proposed ban on transgender service members, and we had uh, mm-hmm. Bryn Tannehill on that show, who was a service member who transitioned, left the military in order to transition, uh, and uh, who has been speaking uh, and educating uh, around this issue uh, for some time and uh, had a lot of admiration for uh, her courage and uh, willingness to talk about all that. So. Craig, what do you think? I thought that the two gentlemen who were on our electoral college show, uh, I remember John Caza and uh, Trent England, were some of the most interesting guests we had because it's such an arcane topic. I had no idea that you could be all of that amped up. (laughs) Those guys got really excited about their respective issues and what was appropriate, what was not. And I learned so much about the uh, electoral college at a time when everybody every four years wonders why we even have it. And then we forget. Uh, but it was a great show and they were very, very active members. So I thought, I thought they did a good job. We've had amazing guests and I agree. All great guests, all great guests. Now this is a question for me. The verdict is my favorite movie or film involving lawyers. Uh, it was actually filmed here in Boston. What is your all-time favorite film or show involving lawyers, Bob? You know, you stole my uh, answer. I was actually <laughs> going to say the exact same thing. Uh, I, oh, I love sorry. the verdict. I mean, I, I yeah. you know, the, the standard answer I would give is to kill a mockingbird, but everybody gives that yeah. answer. But right. I, again, I knew I knew uh, Barry Reed, who was the uh, Boston lawyer who wrote the novel that that movie was based on. I bet your dad probably knew Barry too. Definitely. Uh, your Kate's dad is a lawyer, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it also it also co-starred uh, Lindsay Krauss, who's. Uh, Sort of a neighbor of mine that she lives up here in Gloucester and she's a regular uh, in theater productions up around here and uh, based in Boston and Paul Newman was fantastic in it. And so uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to also go with the verdict. Amazing. Amazing film. Craig, you're a film buff. What do you think? You know, I, I was thinking to kill a mockingbird, but I would have to say the Scopes monkey trial movie. Yep. The one with that featured Clarence Darrow and uh, William Jennings Bryan. Just a accurate movie from the standpoint of what happened. One of the books I've written contained a chapter about that trial. And I found that movie tremendously interesting because I thought it tracked Mencken's coverage of it from the Baltimore Sun. I thought it tracked uh, the transcripts that I read very well. And as a trial lawyer, I thought it was accurate about what actually happens in a Southern courtroom. I've, I've been in a couple and It's a lot different than most other courtrooms. It was a well-done movie, uh, very educational. One of those movies you should see in high school, grade school, so that you get a 
as part of a social studies class or history class, so you get some kind of perspective about how the judicial branch works in the government. Sometimes lawyers, regular everyday lawyers, solve constitutional issues. Great answer. I'm going to kind of get heavy towards the end. Um, <laughs> I know we lighten it up a little, but this comes down to the, the Mueller investigation and President Trump. Um, so it's kind of a two-parter, but I could probably put them together. What do you think we'll see coming out of the investigation? And do you foresee, if something does come about, do you foresee President Trump resigning or being impeached? Well, I'll start it out, Bob. And this ties into my earlier answer about the year of the lie. I think that my generalized observation, based on a very unscientific poll of just reading the news, that uh, most of the time Trump lies, he's trying to blame someone else or hide something, uh, which is you know fairly typical human nature behavior. What concerns me is how many times he's denied that there's been anything to do with Russia and why he's constantly trying to divert attention to it by speaking about it. So I think if Mueller's investigation turns out that there was uh, some level of knowledge within his administration, even in his sons and his uh, perhaps at his own level, about Russia involvement in the election and its interference and, and failure to disclose that to the country, I think we may well see some articles of impeachment brought. And I think that it may play itself out that, that ultimately would happen, that Trump would either resign or be impeached for that kind of behavior. But I think a lot of it depends on what Mueller finds. It's interesting now that Trump is complaining about emails when, you know, I think the, the joke hmm. about but her emails became, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the rally cry of the, one of the rallying cries of his campaign. And yet now when somebody hands over his emails, he's bound to determine to blame somebody for it. Sure. Yeah, I think we're going to find something. I think we're going to hear something coming out of the Mueller investigation that will s suggest some at least knowledge of, if not complicity in the uh, Russia election tampering. I do think the Trump campaign knew more than anybody's uh, admitted so far. And, uh, you know, certainly if if something more comes, I mean, it's going to depend what comes out as to whether uh, whether Trump gets impeached. But I would like to, you know, take this opportunity to invite President Trump to do the honorable thing and just resign tomorrow, and then we won't have to go through all this. <laughs> right. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Well, that, you know, there was a, I said something like that in law school once, Bob, and I think from top to bottom, from <laughs> left to right, covered up four blackboards, the professor scrawled a note that I've never forgotten, and he wrote, Hope Springs Eternal. Mm hmm. You know, because right. I had said, well, I would hope <laughs> that the court would do that was right for the poor widow, you know, some stupid right. comment like that. And it sprung that out. But every yep. time someone, you know, I hope I, I, that springs into my head thinking, wow. Yeah. Who do you think the uh, next next one's going to be up on charges? That's just a follow up to all this potential collusion. I think one of the sons. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I. And then the more, the more interesting <laughs> question, though, Kate, that you yeah. really want to ask is... Will he pardon Flynn? Exactly. Right. Because if he pardons Flynn, you know, and it's an interesting constitutional question whether a president can pardon someone involved in the same crime that he was involved in. Right. Right. I don't think it's possible. We did a show on that, didn't we? I think we did a show did, on what that. What was there to say? What, 
Uh, we did do a show on that this yeah. year. Yeah. A lot of Trump shows. Um, too many. <laughs> yeah. I think there's still more that can come out about Attorney General Sessions, too. I, I think that's somebody else to watch. It's, it's sort of fallen uh, into the background a little bit, but uh, there might be more there uh, that we've yet to hear. Well, gentlemen, as we wrap this up, I uh, have uh, one final question. Uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. It's been so much fun. But looking ahead, what big legal issues will we see in 2018? Any Supreme Court cases or the continuation of the investigation? Anything that you can think of, what would you uh, predict? I would predict that there's going to be some kind of a showdown between the administration and, and Mueller, the special prosecutor. I, I think that there's been a lot of talk about whether Trump will fire Mueller or whether the Department of Justice will fire Mueller. I think that things are going to get hot or hotter with Mueller and Trump is going to get more and more worried. And there's going to be some kind of a showdown there where Trump is going to try and get him out of there. And uh, we're going to we're going to see a, a real kind of a constitutional showdown that could go right up to the Supreme Court. My biggest fear is that there will be some drama on the world stage involving Russia, China, or North Korea. We're playing with some pretty big players and we've got some hands on some pretty big guns at this point. And uh, it's kind of like looking back at, you know, the death of a, a minor royal started World War One, I, I think it was, or something like that. You know, the, mm. I wonder whether or not the announcement of Jerusalem as the Israeli capital is, a, is the spark that touched off a larger powder keg that will come to haunt us next year. Very interesting. Well, Kate... Thank you very much. You did a good job. Thank you. Well, we can retire now and just turn the reins over to <laughs> no, you. No, you guys do it. You guys are great. And you have so many great listeners and the community's great and they've everyone's been great to us. So it's been a pleasure to join you today. Thank you, Kate. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. And uh, it's not just Kate out there. It's, uh, as she said earlier, a whole bunch of people at the Legal Talk Network who make this show uh, possible. And, uh, Thanks to all of them, and thanks to everybody who gave us a question. And thanks to everybody who listens to the show all these 13-plus years. I, I think there's a few people out there who probably listened all that time and uh, appreciate all of that. So if you are one of those people who listens and likes the show, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, uh, Craig, any final words? No. Well, I know this is a, it's a big pessimistic show right before the holiday season. Yay. <laughs> So I hope that everybody has a wonderful holiday season and that, uh, Bob, I'm going to pin my hopes on what you said. I hope that uh, 2018 is a much better year than 2017 was. Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's go with that. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, this is Bob Ambrogi. Join us next time for another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosi for their next podcast, covering the latest legal topic. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.